Smaug certainly looked fast asleep, almost dead and dark, with scarcely a snore more than a whiff of unseen steam when Bilbo peeped once more from the entrance. He was just about to step out onto the floor when he caught a sudden thin and piercing ray of red from under the drooping lid of Smaug's left eye. He was only pretending to sleep. He was watching the tunnel entrance. Hurriedly, Bilbo stepped back and blessed the luck of his ring. Then Smaug spoke. Well, thief, I smell you and I feel your air. I hear your breath. Come along. Help yourself again. There is plenty and to spare. But Bilbo was not quite so unlearned in dragon lore as all that, and if Smaug hoped to get him to come nearer so easily, he was disappointed. No, no, thank you, O oh Smaug the Tremendous. I did not come for presents. I only wished to have a look at you and see if you were as truly as great as tales say. I did not believe them. And do you now? Truly, songs and tales fall utterly short of the reality. Oh, Smaug, the chiefest and greatest of calamities. You have nice manners for a thief and a liar. Uh, you seem familiar with my name, but I don't seem to remember smelling you before. Who are you, and where do you come from, may I ask? You may indeed. I come from under the hill, and under the hills and over the hills my past led, and through the air I am he that walks unseen. So I can well believe, but that is hardly your usual name. I am the clue finder, the web cutter, the stinging fly. I was chosen for the lucky number. Lovely titles, but lucky numbers don't always come off. Oh, I am he that buries his friends alive and drowns them and draws them alive again from the water. I came from the end of a bag. But no bag went over me. I am the friend of bears and the guest of eagles. I am ring winner and luck wearer. And I am barrel rider. That's better. But don't let your imagination run away with you. This, of course, is the way to talk to dragons. If you don't want to reveal your proper name, which is wise, and don't want to infuriate them by flat refusal, which is also very wise. No dragon can resist the fascination of riddling talk and of wasting time trying to understand it. There was a lot here which Smaug did not understand at all, though I expect you do since you know all about Bilbo's adventures to which he was referring. But he thought he understood enough, and he chuckled in his wicked inside. Very well, O oh Barrel Rider. Maybe Barrel was your pony's name, and maybe not, though it was certainly fat enough. You may walk unseen, but you did not walk all the way. Let me tell you, I ate six ponies last night, and I shall catch and eat all the others before long. In return for the excellent meal, I will give you one piece of advice for your good. Don't have more to do with dwarves than you can help. 
Dwarves? No, no, you've got that all wrong. Don't talk to me. I know the smell and taste of dwarf. No one better. Don't tell me that I can eat a dwarf-ridden pony and not know it. You'll come to a bad end if you go with such friends, thief, barrel rider. I don't mind if you go back and tell them so from me. But he did not tell Bilbo that there was one smell he could not make out at all. Hobbit smell. It was quite outside his experience and puzzled him mightily. I suppose you got a fair price for that cup last night. Come now, did you? Nothing at all? Well, that's just like them, and I suppose they are skulking outside, and your job is to do all the dangerous work and get what you can when I'm not looking for them. And you will get a fair share? Don't you believe it? If you get off alive, you will be lucky. You don't know everything, oh Smaug the Mighty. Not gold alone brought us hither. Ah, you admit the ass. Why not say ass 14 and be done with it, Mr. Lucky Number? I am pleased to hear that you had other business in these parts besides my gold. In that case, you may, perhaps, not altogether, waste your time. I tell you, that goal was only an afterthought with us. We came over hill and under hill by wave and wind for revenge. Surely, O oh Smaug, the unaccessibly wealthy, you must realise that your success has made you some bitter enemies. Ah, revenge, revenge! The king under the mountain is dead, and where are his kin that dare seek revenge? Gideon, lord of Dale, is dead, and I have eaten his people like a wolf among sheep. I kill where I wish, when I wish, and none dare resist. I laid low the warriors of old. I instilled fear in the hearts of men. Then I was young and tender, but now, now I am old and strong, thief in the shadows. My armor is like tenfold shields. My teeth are swords, my claws spears, the shock of my tail a thunderbolt. My wings are a hurricane, and my breath, death. I, I have always understood that dragons were softer underneath, especially in the region of the, of, of the, um, uh, of the chest. But doubtless one so fortified has thought of that. The dragon stopped short in his boasting. Your information is antiquated. I am armored above and below with iron scales and hard gems. No blade can pierce me. I might have guessed it. Truly, there can nowhere be found the equal of Lord Smaug the Impenetrable. What magnificence to possess a waistcoat of fine diamonds. Yes, it is rare and wonderful indeed, said Smaug, absurdly pleased. He did not know that the hobbit had already caught a glimpse of his peculiar undercovering on his previous visit, and was itching for a closer view for reasons of his own. The dragon rolled over. Ah, look, what do you say to that? 
Oh, my. Dazzlingly marvelous. Perfect. Flawless. Staggering, exclaimed Bilbo aloud. But what he thought inside was... Old fool! Why, there's a large patch in the hollow of his left breast as buries a snail out of its shell. Only after had Smaug seen that Mr. Baggins's one idea was to get away. Well, I really must not detain your magnificence any longer or keep you from much-needed rest. Ponies, take some catching, I believe, after a long start. And so do burglars, he added as a parting shot. He darted back and fled up the tunnel. It was an unfortunate remark, for the dragon spouted terrific flames after him, and fast though he sped up the slope, he had not gone nearly far enough to be comfortable before the ghastly head of Smaug was thrust against the opening behind. Luckily, the whole head and jaws could not squeeze in, but the nostrils sent forth fire and vapour to pursue him, and he was nearly overcome. Bilbo stumbled blindly on in great pain and fear. He had been feeling rather pleased with the cleverness of his conversation with Smaug, but his mistake at the end shook him into better sense. Never laugh at live dragons, Bilbo, you fool, he said to himself, and it became a favourite saying of his later, and passed into a proverb. You aren't nearly through this adventure yet, he added, and that was pretty true as well. This has been Leon Popper. I hope you've enjoyed my interpretation of Bilbo's conversation with Smaug from J.R.R. Tolkien's enchanting prelude to The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. <laughs>